This show is sponsored by This Could Be Your Name, the writer of This Could Be Your Book. Contact us to find out more about sponsoring an episode. The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. How's everyone doing? I'm Natalia, for those who don't know. And you're listening to All the Filthy Details, the Erotica Communities podcast. It's getting hot out there, and unfortunately, it's going to get even hotter in here for the next hour or so. We've got plenty of stuff to get through. Let's break it down for you. We'll start you off with a partial story for the Erotic Diary series, Liaisons. We're going to interview not one, but two star recommendation-winning authors, Ellie Van Zell and Lilith K. Duat. We have three erotica titles to preview and review, plus a glimpse at our super competitive Patreon offer. So, like I said, lots to get through. Grab a bottle of water and put down a towel. Let's get started with this character arc from Liaisons. Enjoy. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. My girl is by. How about that? <laughs> Let's have some lesbian play to please me. Oh, watch, he said, flashing an attractive smoker's teeth at me. I tried to keep a straight face, trying to hide my initial interest in his girl. I took off my cap and walked towards the bed, ready to have the time of my life and to get out of here as fast as I could. Cindy, why don't you let this bitch please you for daddy? I ignored the word bitch and paid attention to the seductive smile that had begun creeping across Cindy's lips. She either knew who I was or was relieved to encounter someone other than the stale, chiclet-toothed man. I smirked at her, pulling her by her thighs to the edge of the bed. I grabbed the lace of her thong, but the old man yelled, Foreplay first, stopping me from getting straight to eating the beauty before me. The old man already had his dick in his hand. He began to stroke it gently as he watched from a comfortable position in the room. I placed my lips softly on her, pulling at her bra clasp to let out her voluminous boobs. After kissing her for a few minutes, I grabbed a fistful of her hair and swiftly pulled her head backwards to give me access to her neck, which I placed gentle kisses on. She began to moan. Hearing her in great pleasure aroused me, causing me to softly bite her collarbone. Yet another sound of pleasure escaped her lips, and I could tell her body was ready for me. Her nipples stood erect as I trailed my hands to her warm breasts. Resisting the urge to touch her nipples, I caressed her boobs, feeling the goosebumps as they formed on her skin. She arched her chest forward, urging me to suck them. I placed a soft kiss between them and continued working my way down, gently towards her belly, before reaching her thighs. Kissing her inner legs prompted her to arch her back even higher as her breathing started to become heavier and heavier. 
and she parted her legs, hoping I would eat her. She was already breathing profoundly, struggling between moans and screams. The guy's grunt told me he was already on the edge, and I wasn't ready to make him come that easily. I began to trail back up, nibbling and kissing her as I went up, starting with her pelvis, to her stomach, to her breasts, and landing on her lips once more. She arched her back in pleasure and anticipation. I liked how difficult I was making this for her. She moaned louder, causing the onlooking man to grunt loudly as well, obviously enjoying the scene playing out before him. I allowed my other hand to caress her belly. Following my initial trail, I took to her pussy. I parted her legs to my satisfaction. I reached between her thick, shaved pussy lips to bring out her stuck thong. She was all wet. The lace in her thong was soaked from anticipation. I pulled the thong off her hips and kissed her pussy lips, pulling each lip and sucking the juice on it. She moaned louder and reached for my head. I didn't stop her. I allowed her to bury my head deeper between her legs. My tongue slid across her clit with ease since she was already so wet. The guy growled again, probably at the verge of climax. Going in circles over her clit with my tongue, I began to penetrate her with two fingers as I heard her breathing increase. I added more fingers while using my other hand to hold her hip. Her other leg was on my head, pressing my face harder into her pussy. She was moaning and screaming and I could hear the old man stroke his dick harder and faster. I pulled my tongue away and slid two more of my fingers into her. Her back arched in response to this and I felt her vagina walls loosen around my fingers. Faster! She screamed, and I knew I wanted her to come so hard that I would have enough cum to eat afterwards. I slowed down, and a frustrated scream escaped her lips. I picked up the pace going as fast as the muscles in my arm would let me. I kissed her to keep her screaming down a bit, even though this was the validation my actions warranted. Her chest was rising and falling like she'd just finished a marathon race. She grabbed the sheets of the bed forcefully, attempting to keep her hands from aimlessly flying around from the pleasure I was giving her. Her muscles contracted, and she gritted her teeth together, trying not to scream. I replaced my tongue on her clit. The faster my fingers went in and out of her, the quicker I licked her clit. I increased my pace, ignoring the pain that it caused my arm finally ready to give her the orgasm she deserved. With one final scream, and barely audible, I'm gonna come. She grabbed my wrist, but I didn't stop thrusting until she was squirting all over my face and shirt. Her back jumped up and down the bed as she tried to wiggle away from my thrust. Her pupils dilated and her vaginal wall held my fingers hostage in it. I bent down to eat every drop of cum from her pussy. You like that, Daddy? She asked the old bear. And with one final loud growl like that of an injured animal, I knew he already came. When I was done licking and eating her to my satisfaction, I stood up to leave. She winked at me as she lay numb, her legs shaking on the bed. And I smirked and winked back. I can't deny that I had a good time with her. Remember, some of these stories are much longer. Head over to our Patreon so you don't miss all this. Hey, stop looking at my girl, bitch. The guy growled. I looked at the old ugly thing that stood before me and shook my head. What was a hot chick like her doing with a guy like that? Anyway?
the chair with his dick out, still paralyzed from his orgasm. Bending to pick up my cap, I also managed to grab the Charlie he bought off me. The guy didn't see, and neither did Cindy. We're now on Patreon. Our offer is fantastic. You'll get access to all our literary lovesick audiobooks for a price that is comparable to a single ebook. You can end your subscription at any time, and you'll still be able to keep your books. We also have more exclusive content, and even the option to put your character in our books. Head over there now and get your first glimpse of the newest title in Season 2 of the Erotic Diary series, Transitions. The full audio and several other audiobooks can be found on our Literally Lovesick Patreon page. Links can be found in the description. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Hot erotica to look out for. Reclaiming His Rights by Elena Nix. A careless mistake convinced Jason that for his wife's sake, he had to abandon the dominant, submissive aspect of their marriage. Now he realizes that giving up Lila's submission was an even bigger mistake. After months of believing he rejected her, she won't even talk about it. He's determined to reclaim her, but he'll have to break down her resistance before he can regain her trust. Permanent links can be found in the description on this episode. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Would you like us to plug your erotica title? Also head over to our Patreon to see our unbeatable deal. Shh, numbers are limited. Our first guest, Ellie Van Zell, is a star recommendation winner we've been trying to get on the podcast for a long time. Her BDSM-style erotica is a joy to read, teasing the reader with the promise of more. Welcome, Ellie. We were impressed with your book Ellie Ventures, The Party, which is the first book in your Ellie Ventures series. To those unfamiliar with your work, how would you describe your series? I suppose I would describe my series as absolute filth. That's just a lot of fun. As long as you're open-minded, don't mind a little bit of BDSM, a little bit of public humiliation, um, all the things that sort of come from my own fantasy world, I guess. Um, but the books are more than that to me because they explore um, the relationship between Elle and Ian and kind of embracing sexuality and being brave enough to experiment with all of those things that sometimes only live in your head. You won our star recommendation for the party, which we enjoyed immensely. Why did you feel compelled for us to read this book in your series, rather than any of the others? Was there something in there you felt would resonate with us? I was absolutely thrilled when I won star recommendation for the party. It was validation for me as a new erotica writer. And I guess I picked the party um, because it's the first book and it made sense to me that you would start with the beginning, uh, but hopefully it inspired you to keep reading. I could be wrong, but I believe you'll be the second Gucci doll to appear on our podcast, with Rue and Willow being the first. For us not in the know, who or what are the Gucci dolls? And have they helped your growth in expressing yourself or your writing? I don't even know where to start when talking about the Gucci dolls. 
Um, they are amazing. It's this group of women from all over the world who truly embody the idea that women should straighten each other's crowns, that women should help each other. And being a part of it has been absolutely one of my biggest honors. And I'm friends with all of them now. I would do anything for them. And they've been there to support me through some pretty rough stuff. I had a kid in the hospital across the country from a father-in-law in the hospital who was dying. And during all of that, they were there. They were my digital hugs every day to keep me going. And I just can't imagine life before them um, or any other kind of relationship with women. The Gucci dolls are the best. Your protagonist seems to have the same name as your pen name. Is that because you see a lot of yourself in your protagonist? If not, how do you differ? Yes, L the character and L the author have a lot in common. And I chose her name on purpose because, well, when I first started writing, I felt like I was writing my fantasies into a story. But she took on kind of her own personality and her own life. And um, so now we're different. Um, we have a lot in common, the, you know, not wanting to wear makeup and um, spending time in an art studio. Those things are, are part of me. Um, her willingness to do things like anal, well, that's where we differ. Um, she's a lot more adventurous than I am. Um, but again, that's, that's why fantasy is such a great place to start for writing erotica, right? One of the things we believe you're excellent at is building tension at a steady pace while keeping the narrative intriguing. Since you write within the BDSM genre, I'd like to ask you how important do you believe those qualities are within real BDSM scenarios? Building tension, steady pacing, keeping things intriguing. Whether you're writing a story or having a session, building that anticipation is probably as delicious as the experience itself. So I feel like pacing and tension and all of those things that you want in real life need to be in the story too. And I've tried to really work on developing that piece of my writing skill because I don't want it to just be wham bam. I want it to be something where you're deliciously looking forward to the next page and the next moment and what's going to happen. And I think that's what you want when you're in the middle of a session with a really good dom too. What are you working on next? Is the Ellie Ventures series still going? Or are you planning to do something different? I am working on another story. Um, this one's a little different because it's going to be nonfiction and it's going to be called Inside L. And it's going to talk about my actual experiences and not just the fantasies that I can put into a fiction erotica story. Um, so it's going to talk about everything from the very first time I touched a penis to some of my more extreme experiences with groups of people. Um, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. I've had to slow down on the writing because of family issues right now, but it'll pick up steam soon. Can we get a preview of something you've been working on? I can share a little piece of what's coming up in Inside L. Um, 
This is the story of the very first experience I ever had with another woman. I was 19, I think, and I answered an ad in the back of a newspaper in one of those smut ads. Um, some woman was looking for a girl to play with. I answered the ad and <clears throat> I went to the hotel where she lived in the penthouse and I basically did everything she told me to do. She had a like a lesbian porn video playing and she wanted to act out every scene and I was basically her prop. Um, we did all sorts of kinds of things <laughs> and it was absolute solid proof to me that I'm bi and I've had many, many wonderful experiences since, but that's where it started, was with this probably 50-year-old woman who was very, very wealthy and lived in a very expensive hotel and just took me under her wing and showed me a lot of things. Which erotica authors do you think we should be keeping a keen eye out for? What kind of erotica do they write? So I actually like a lot of different um, erotica authors. I'm looking through my little library here, and I've enjoyed stories from Sterling Wilder and Aubrey Andrews and Alec Lake. Um, but my very favorite, the one that I have to read alone and in private, is Frank Noir. My favorite book from him is Berlin Heat, but pretty much everything he writes I devour because he's mastered the art of wonderful, witty conversation in the midst of such steamy, steamy sex scenes. So he's probably my favorite and one that I would watch. How can we follow Ellie Van Zell on social media? You can find me everywhere at just call me l that's at sign j s t c a l l m e e l l e and that's pretty much every social media handle that i have but i'm always on twitter so if you really want to talk to me find me there thanks for joining us it was absolutely my pleasure thank you so much links can be found in the podcast description you're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Remember, we have another interview later. But before that, let's hand you over to Filth, the erotic book review. Hi, I'm Di, and you're listening to Filth, the erotic book review. So today, we're going to be reviewing three erotica titles with the hopes of awarding one with our star recommendation. These writers have been waiting extra long to see what we've made of their titles. So, without further ado, let's get started. Erotic Writing, The Ultimate Collection, by Mark Adams Quinn got up and ready for the next day. The feeling of having a purpose kicked her mind and body back into a healthy, non-antagonized state. The campus was still so vast as to be a mystery to her, as she only knew the parts where she worked. The size and population of the campus didn't argue that its owners were in any way hard up for money. Quinn knew she was in safe hands and looked to the future with a view that shone brighter than many before. She completed her day at work, which was by now a Friday, 
She had only half earned her night on the town that week, but her success was by far exceeding many things done before. Sarah had sent a text message around the staff from Quinn's section, wishing them a good day and that any problems to call the IT desk as she wouldn't be around, as she was in a meeting with the campus board for nearly all of the day which passed without problem, and Quinn was relieved that a dreaded call to the IT desk wouldn't be an issue. On the way home, a stop at the garage allowed her to purchase some wine and luxury salted popcorn. When her phone beeped with a WhatsApp notification, it was Sarah, not in a formal or professional tone. This one was more casual. Quinn paid for her wine and snacks and went back to her car to respond to Sarah's message, inquiring what Quinn was doing that evening. She felt taken aback. Sarah was asking if Quinn fancied chilling in front of a movie for the evening, a message Quinn had waited for, for the entirety of the past few months. Quinn questioned the authenticity of the message. Was this genuinely just watching a movie and a discussion of the future? Or would she let herself loose and enjoy being skin-on-skin skin with the woman that Quinn only had fleeting sexual thoughts? She quickly dashed the idea as being nonsense. Sarah was a woman of near-strict professional discipline. Quinn affirmed to herself that was a wild fantasy brought on by a weak sex life. She wrote a response, keeping it friendly and giving her the address of her flat, agreeing to a time of 8 p.m., as she sat in her flat as the clock moved slowly to 8 p.m., she tried to find a movie that she could imagine Sarah wanting to watch, which turned into a mild episode of anxiety as time went on and her cable box seemed to suffer more and more lag as she went through the mini menus. She settled on a movie about a real-world medical mystery, with hints of poetic license being abused toward the end. As was always the case in the world of on-demand entertainment, the doorbell rang. Quinn answered the door to a Sarah, wearing what only could be described as fuck-me-now attire, with the only color being a searing black and many iterations of the dark, seductive color. Quinn welcomed her in as they discussed the formalities of the day, which seduced Quinn in a low-key sort of way. She pondered who the wardrobe choice was for as she poured her a glass of wine, as the evening drew on, many topics about work and leisure were discussed, culminating in the both of them feeling a sexual lust from the alcohol, a craving that Quinn was not at all capable of taming. Their lips locked as Quinn's breathing became heavier, her libido a beast being slain by Aphrodite, the warmth in the room ending the need to wear any clothes as Sarah took her top off to reveal a bra that surprised Quinn as to how erotic underwear could be, as she dared to wonder the sight of her lover's probably beautiful Quim. Quinn stood up, unzipping her trousers and hurriedly lowering her knickers in a display of erotic beauty that was all too eager. She moved seductively as she flicked her trousers away. The longing for a sexual connection was too much to bear as she quickly and painlessly took her shirt off and unhooked her bra, pushing Sarah down so they were both laid on the sofa with Quinn naked on top as they both became vocal, the universal language of sex being spoken. Quinn reached down to finger Sarah, while enjoying the essence of breathing down each other's necks and kissing, before then forbidden areas of the head and neck. 
She felt the top of her lover's knickers slide against her fingers as she got closer to feeling the quim that sent shockwaves down her spine as she felt the wetness and electric feeling of the entrance. Sarah moaned as Quinn's expert familiarity with the feminine center exuded undeniable pleasure that teased pre-orgasmic bliss. Their legs locked as the intimacy grew stronger. Sarah was in the throes of pleasure while Quinn was welcoming more acceptance as they were both now well engaged in a frantic coitus. Sarah retreated. Quinn was now laid down on the sofa as she opened her legs to be eaten out. The feeling of a warm tongue consumed Quinn as her quim neared a release, grasping the sofa as Sarah's tongue went deeper and putting her outer lips into ecstasy. Quinn guessed as to what she should do next as the pleasure was hard to express in such intensity, clasping her breasts as she squirted while her legs shook as she had an orgasm. Just what I've always wanted to do to a willing and polite tease, volunteered Sarah, as Quinn pulled her back down to return the favor. The skill of Quinn to pleasure Sarah exceeded her expectations, as she grinded against Quinn's mouth to make her orgasm come faster, as the feeling of the both of them now hit cloud nine. Sarah proudly moaned as she hit the point of no return. An almost poetic, erotic scene lasted in Quinn's living room for hours, as they fell asleep in each other's arms. The Ultimate Collection is an erotica collection of short stories which vary in length and sexual pleasure. Owning this title pretty much feels like something you can return to at your convenience again and again, even on difficult reading devices like a mobile phone. Bordello of the Moon by Dustin Midnight Luke closed his eyes as he took deep breaths. It was strange, as he had to remind himself he could breathe underwater but it didn't stop him from inhaling water at random times. Ariel kept pushing against him, grinding as she thrust his cock deeper into her tight pussy. Shit, I'm gonna... gonna come! Luke exclaimed, getting off too early, but it didn't stop the sirens. Moaning harder, Ariel kept going, her hips thrusting faster, while feeling his large, thick cock filling her up. Ariel's eyes widened as she bubbled up, while rocking the water. She kept moving more quickly, pushing into him as he continued fingering the other sirens more. His finger, two fingers, wiggling as they found the girl's G-spot and started massaging it. Holy fuck! Pacifica called out, her hands shooting down to hold on to him as she moaned hard, enjoying the feeling. I know. Fucking Poseidon. I wonder how his cock will feel inside me. So good. So fucking thick. Ariel responded to her sister as she started coming onto his cock. It had been so long since she had a juicy cock like Luke's penetrating her. She didn't last that long. Ariel's pussy tightened around him even more, causing Luke to unload his load into her as it shot in her as he filled her cunt. It was a glorious feeling, as he felt like he could barely move, even though his fingers were still on the run with fingering the sisters. Mmm, you came so much. Hopefully you'll have enough room for the other two. It was there. He watched the other two giving a wicked smile while moving in closer, practically pushing him down. 
Luke wasn't sure how to react as he watched one of the siren's pussies pushed against his face. The other one. What he guessed was Pacifica started gripping his cock, preventing it from going soft. His member was up for the job as it bounced back in place. As he felt Pacifica jerking him faster before pushing his member against her slit. Mmm, this is so going to be a fun right, sister. Pacifica moaned to an angel as she pushed herself down, howling in desire as she began riding his cock. Luke fucked her while feeling completely weightless. He groaned as he began thrusting deeper into Pacifica. She was as tight as Ariel, maybe more familiar. As he groaned, than the fact that they were in the water, it was harder to tell if she was wet thanks to them being underwater. The sirens were unrelenting. The way they fucked him, riding him as they managed to keep his cock hard as a diamond. That was a cold fact. As he heard Pacifica screaming in delight, her head arching back as he moaned more. Thankfully, he hadn't come the second time. That was when Angel took over, pushing the other one away. Back off, he's mine! As she practically slung the other siren off, taking her place. It was clear the angel here was no angel as she was rough as she grabbed his chest. He could almost imagine her fingers sinking into his flesh, a fair bit of blood escaping as the siren licked her lips, revealing her sharp teeth. Leaning down, she gave his cuts a firm lick, drinking it gently. Mm-hmm. It's been so long since I had a taste like that. Too bad I can't have more. She pulled him in as she began nibbling and kissing his body while adjusting them and started to fuck the ever-living hell out of him. She moved hard. Her pussy was not as tight as Pacifica, but had its claws in him. The way she went at him, she was worried more about her pleasure. Though Luke groaned hard, his hands reaching over, grabbing her small breasts. His fingers moving around her nipples as he pinched them, making the siren howl with pleasure as she sunk onto his cock, as she growled more. Over and over again, she thrust, taking his length, as she growled more. He truly felt like he was in the shark's mouth with this one, as he took long, deep breaths. Luke couldn't hold back much longer, his hands shooting down to her fish waist as he started pulling her in against him, his body overwhelmed as its angel's pussy tightened around his cock as she growled more. Come on, you can do better than that. Fuck my hot little cunt bitch. She growled more as she watched him. Luke groaned as he pulled her back and forth faster, fighting off the urge to come as she moaned more. Yeah, that's right. Fuck my cunt. And if you don't make me come, I'll drown you here in this pool. Fuck, God's almighty, it's so goddamn big. Angel exclaimed as she wasn't holding back her claws, ripping through his back, leaving scars as she was being fucked, Luke moving his hips as fast as he could in the siren's pussy. As he could feel his balls running back and forth, unable to hold off, he felt his load beginning to shoot, though by then, Angel was looking at him, almost cross-eyed, as she bit into his shoulder, moaning profusely. Luke unleashed a load deep within Angel as he groans, feeling his cock spasm and twitch, his balls tightening up to the point they hurt as he complained hard. 
fucking hell, he exclaimed as he closed his eyes, feeling as though he was going to pass out. Slowly, everything went dark as he immersing deeper into the water. In some strange twist of fate, our protagonist stumbles across this peculiar building in his time of need, only to find himself becoming tied down to it as well as the women who occupy it. As the name suggests, this is about an extra special whorehouse where the working girls are mythical beings. Blue Book Diaries by Celia McKinley Odd how he seemed to think her destiny was settled while his was something to be chosen. But the softness in his voice, the gleam in his eyes that lasted hardly a second, but betrayed so much to her, caught Elenil by surprise enough that she didn't move away at first when he kissed her lips. She allowed him the kiss he'd dreamed of for so long, even deigned to return it for just a moment before turning her face away. She'd frankly had enough of kissing her enemies for one night and preferred to hold on to the memory of Kavena's lips upon hers a little longer. And she didn't feel inclined to kiss the villain most responsible for her predicament. Perhaps in time, the monarch gently murmured in her ear as she kept her head stubbornly turned away. He lifted the edge of his robes, slipped one arm around the small of her back to pull her body closer, and drove himself deep between the lewdly dripping slit of her sex. Despite her circumstances, Elenil couldn't think of it as being forced upon her. The past twelve hours had become a gauntlet of sex and desire, and after an interlude too brief to even let the sweat to cool from her brow, their suddenly frantic, wordless rutting seemed entirely natural. Her legs lifted hesitantly, and then wrapped around his waist as she closed her eyes to focus on the feeling of that oversized shaft between her folds, kneading her soaked petals with a straining, skin-tight friction she'd never considered. But then she'd only ever lain with elves, graceful and slight of build. Human men were as thick and brutishly equipped in comparison to her kind as she supposed their beasts of burden must seem to them. It was why she thought the idea of laying with them seemed so untoward. Why it held so much furtive intrigue. She felt every inch of him inside her. Her nerves sang with each stroke. Each pistoning thrust of his beastly member between her squeezing petals. And her freshly swollen pearl dragged and bounced against the root of his manhood not with any deliberate effort by either of them, but simply with how much his girth spread and tested the limits of her tight crease. Only now did she understand why Kavena had told him she was ready. Such a mating might have been torturous if she hadn't already been left so thoroughly prepared and dripping down along the insides of her thighs. Instead, her sweat-drenched body pressed against his with desperate need. The enchanted rope around her wrists swung back and forth with each thrust, and she grabbed onto it with both hands just for leverage, to help lift and rock her full hips quicker against the powerfully built man. He dreamed of this coupling perhaps half his life. She'd been waiting without realizing it for half of hers. Neither of them could endure it for long. 
and she finally threw her head back over her shoulders, her golden locks spilling back across her tattered cloak, and her heavy-lidded gaze turned upward toward the empty belfry as she breathed out a sultry, trembling moan as her hips bounced once more and fell into a sharp, spasming frenzy. Don't stop, she hissed, abandoning her modesty. Don't. Uh, uh. Her keen voice must have rung through the twilight city below like a bell, a passionate cry tinged with the musical lift of her elven instincts. Even a voice filled with rough, animal desire couldn't help but sound like an aria as it crossed Elinil's lips. They reached their climax together as the light of the full moon bathed the spire all around them, casting her pale, gleaming body into a silver hue that glowed and pulsed in time with each quivering burst of her unbidden pleasure, each deep surge of her orgasm. His body answered her release with his own, with the warm quiver of his seed deep between her hips, and their pleasure swirled together inside her with a secret alchemy, older than the stars, older even than the goddess that she revered. She couldn't stop it. She didn't want to stop it. Their bodies had worked this miracle together, and she let herself bask in the sated pleasure of that mystic radiance stretching up through the moonbeams and flooding the darkness between the stars like a blazing sunrise. I love you, the villain whispered in her ear, and she grimaced a little. You're a monster, she murmured back, even as she rested her cheek against his shoulder, her flushed breasts pressed flat against his clothed chest, and her ankles crossed behind his back as they caught their breath, as he stroked her hair and lightly kissed the length of her ear. A couple plays a fantasy role-playing table game. Think Warhammer or Dungeons and Dragons. Once, one of our protagonists falls into enemy hands. She tantalizes her would-be rescuing boyfriend with a seductive, provocative tale of the fantasy variety. As per usual, we asked our Star Recommendations winning guest to help us review these titles. Let's hear from our first guest, Elle Vanzel. Elle, what did you think about these books? I had so much fun reading these books. Um, I have not been exposed to some of these genres before, and it was just a lot of fun to explore. I started with the Erotic Writing Collection from Mark Adams. And I love the character development and personality that he was able to bring out in these shorter stories. Quinn's emotions came through clearly. And of course, I am all in for hot lesbian scenes. And he did a good job with that. Um, as I kept reading, I did have a little trouble determining where stories stopped and new ones started versus just being a new chapter. So I think maybe a little clearer formatting might be in order. Um, I then switched to Bordello of the Moon by Dustin Midnight, and I have not really touched much paranormal at all, um, but I would kind of like to meet Luke Walker. He's somebody I would want to get to know, um, not just because he inherited millions of dollars, but um, the author really did a good job creating a compelling character with a tough exterior, but that hint of vulnerability that we all love, right? 
Um, the realness of his character actually helped me embrace the sort of otherworldliness of some of the other characters. Like I said, paranormal is just not a genre I've read a lot of. Um, so it was a lot of fun to kind of explore that. My favorite of the three, though, was definitely Crimes of Passion um, from Celia McKinley. Not only was I totally impressed with the formatting, the editing, things that I always look for, um, and the lovely cover, but the story was compelling and the detail really impressed me. Um, something I'm always looking for in erotica is that indication of consent, and she did a really good job with that. Um, there's a little paragraph where it says, despite her circumstances, Eleanor could not think of it as being forced upon her. The past 12 hours had become a gauntlet of sex and desire. To me, that's a critical thing to include in any kind of erotica story where there's maybe implied force is to make it clear that it's consensual. So I was just, um, I was impressed with the story and impressed with the writing and she's an author that kind of excited me and so I think I'll be exploring some of her other content and for me she's the clear pick. Um, for every writer I would really recommend investing in editing. Um, there were times in a, in a couple of the books where I was just pulled completely out of the story or completely out of the scene because there were so many errors and that's just something that it's an easy thing to fix and I just really encourage it. Of course, it's easy for me. I'm married to my editor and I know it's not always an, an inexpensive thing, but even if you just were use like Microsoft Word's editor, it'll catch a lot of it. So I would really encourage every writer to do that. Thank you. Later on in this episode, you'll get to hear from our other special guest, Lilith K. Duat. But before we do, let's see what she made of these books. Erotic Writing, The Ultimate Collection by Mark Adams. This is a collection of short stories and microfiction that covers a wide range of subject matter. It's written very stylishly, almost poetically, and the phrase, like a feather on my heart, jumped out at me when I first read it, and even now it sticks with me. My personal favorite story in this collection is called A Trip to the Blue Delights which is about a lesbian couple and their new toy. Like I said, the writing is stylized, but overall I think this is an easy read, good for quick little thrills. Blue Book Diaries by Celia McKinley I loved the conceit of this story, how it bounces from Dungeons & Dragons to the in-character campaign. Uh, I thought overall it was very, very hot. I really enjoyed the scene between Alano and Kavina, and I sort of wished that they had run off together at the end. I thought they had a lot of chemistry and it was really well written. Um, the scene between Alano and the big bad Zeros was very good too. Um, it felt very big, like, forbidden, and I like that sort of thing. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was very, very fun. Bordello of the Moon by Dustin Midnight. Great name, by the way. Uh, I really enjoyed the setup for this one. A young man named Luke inherits a bordello filled with unusual women. Whatever shall he do? The characters are fun, and the selection of monster ladies is creative, and the setup is full of promise. 
Unfortunately, the book suffers from a need for another round of editing. Uh, this might be a personal issue, but I find a lack of editing in books to be very difficult to overlook. Um, so there was a wall between me and the enjoyment of the story. But there is great potential here, and with another editing run through, this could be really, really enjoyable. Thank you for your breakdowns. You know, sometimes reviewing these books is super easy. Sometimes it's a little bit tricky. But because we read these books together, we can usually form a consensus about titles with clear-cut points regarding strengths and weaknesses. Now that you know where I'm coming from, let's break down these titles. Erotic Writing, The Ultimate Collection by Mark Adams is a 3.8 out of 5. As we established before, the book is filled with short stories and the quality of the writing is good. However, reading this, I couldn't shake the feeling of this being like following one of your favorite erotica writers on reddit.com. There was no binding plot, but the book did show consistency regarding being heavily focused on women. The main takeaway I got from reading this collection is that Mark Adams is building a solid brand. And if this book is a promise of a more concrete project ahead, like a novel or novella, we're going to be in for a treat. Bordello of the Moon by Dustin Midnight is a 3.5 out of 5. This is going to sound weird because there was so much I liked about this title, perhaps because it reminded me of another monster book I love, but there was no escaping the plain hard facts in the light of day. This book needed not only a solid editor, but also someone to question dialogue and other word choices. Mistakes proved to be a distraction for quite a lot of the team reading this. As someone burdened with posting a preview of part of the transcript, I found myself searching for a part in the book where there was no blasphemy in a sex scene. This book is filled with imagination-pushing sex scenes that are entertaining to read. However, we believe Dustin can deliver better. Blue Book Diaries by Celia McKinley is a 4.2 out of 5. There's no denying the caliber of writer Celia is. She set out a personal mission statement to deliver erotica, which is every bit as explicit as their peers, but without using vulgar terminology on the page. What I think is clear is that this book and style won't be for everyone, but I highly recommend you give it a try. After reading countless erotica titles, this personally feels like opening a window and catching a breath of fresh air. So, just to be clear, Blue Book Diaries is this episode's star recommendation. If you can get past the subplot of battling fantasy beings, you'll encounter an author trying to engage your brain with the most delightful erotic scenarios. We loved it. Hopefully, you'll enjoy it too. Links for all titles can be found in the description. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Thanks, Di. Our next guest is one of our most recent star recommendation-winning authors. Not only did her book capture the imagination, but it conquered it and made it beg for more. Welcome, Lilith K. Dwat. Hello, thank you for having me. We loved your star recommendation-winning book, Malice of Wasteland, which is the third book in your Silver City story series. To those unfamiliar with your work, 
How would you describe your series? What happens in the books? Silver City Stories is a series that takes place in the fictional Silver City. Think of it as Hollywood and Vegas and Vancouver all sort of mixed together. Each book in the series follows a different celebrity and their journey through fame and how they achieve their dreams. Um, they're mostly interconnected, but they can be read standalone in any order. Most of the stories are female-female, but some are female-male. Malice is a fantastic character who I would struggle to describe. I like to think of her as a femdom character who awakens out of circumstance. As the author, how would you describe Malice? What were you going for when you designed her? I, I don't really design characters as much as observe them. Uh, for my males, I pull from my personal tastes, and with my ladies, I try to make them hot and strong. With Malice and the relationship between her and Nick in general, I wanted to uh, be without shame. Uh, it, it, it wasn't a question of like definitions because like Malice doesn't really label herself and she doesn't outright try to challenge the status quo. She just tries to do what she wants because who's to say she can't or shouldn't. Something you have in common with our creative director, Derek, from the Erotic Movie Review YouTube channel is a love for erotic films. Which erotic movies are your favorites? I have so many favorites. Uh, mostly I respond best to story and acting. Um, I find Brie Mills often directs really emotionally resonant stories. One of my favorites by her, um, the title often gets flagged, so I'll just say it's a coming-of-age story that stars uh, Kristen Scott and Kevin James. Uh, Erica Lust also does great work. Her Ex-Confession series is very artistic and really beautiful to look at, and it's very inclusive, so there's something for everyone usually. Um, other, like, movies that I enjoyed were Safe Word, Safe Word um, Perspective, and uh, What Sets Us Apart. Uh, for classics, I really like uh, The Devil and Miss Jones and the opening of Misty Beethoven. Uh, something called Behind the Looking Glass is really good. Uh, and the animated cult classic Heavy Metal. Your book, Malice of Wasteland, sounds a bit like an amalgamation of two erotic movies. Although the content of your book is extremely different apart from the idea of Alice being Malice on a surface level. Did erotic movies inspire you to write better content? Probably. I can't pinpoint an example, but I'm sure it must have because I despise being bored, and if a movie is boring me, I'll start to think of ways to make it better. Like, like if the scenes were rearranged in this order, the narrative would be stronger. Or, I've seen dozens of guys stalk girls, but what if the woman was stalking the man or something? Um, and then I would chew on that idea, and then I would put it into text, and then I'd send it out to the world for consumption and enjoyment. Malice was written as a totally relatable character, from her crappy fortunes, her poor relationships at her workplace, 
and the burdens of people seeing her as a role model when she gains a bit of success in a male-dominated domain. How much do you think you relate to Malice? I don't know that I relate to her all that much. Uh, we're very different people, but we have some things in common, like we both like cannolis. And music and concerts are important to both of us. Um, ultimately, I try to write strong, assertive women in all my books, and Silver City or otherwise. Uh, I don't know that Malice needed to be relatable, but she did have to be someone the reader could at least tolerate for a hundred pages. Is the Silver City Stories series still going? Or are you working on something else at the moment? Yes. Um, Silver City Stories is still going. I'm about halfway done uh, an as-of-yet untitled book, which features characters mentioned in Crossfade, which was the first book of the ser series. Um, I have a lot planned for Silver City. Uh, I don't think I'll ever finish them all, actually, which is kind of a bittersweet thought. Uh, I'm also plotting a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, because at this point, what erotica author isn't. Can we get a preview of something you've been working on? My muses are right now sort of warring with one another, and I have three stories percolating around in my brain, but they're all so new, and there's not much to share yet, but uh, there's the two that I mentioned, and another one for Silver City, but it deals more with film than music, so it's sort of an offshoot uh, brand, I guess, uh, which I'm still just sort of plotting out and feeling out, and I'm actually really excited for that one when it starts to shape, um, so that's gonna be fun. But at this time, I can't really give any sneak peeks. Which erotica authors do you think we should be keeping a keen eye out for? What kind of erotica do they write? I'm fully aware that this is blasphemous, but I'm actually not a big reader of the genre. Uh, my tastes are so specific, and reading is much more taxing on my brain um, than film is. It's harder for me to process, I have to take time. Uh, I prefer audiobooks, but... Uh, I also have a kind of embarrassment listening to that kind of content, so erotica audio is not really my thing either. Uh, so I generally just have to really love something to get through it or really hate it so I can conquer it and it won't beat me. Um, having said that, I really enjoyed In the Be Bedroom of Medusa by Megan Cubed. It's fluffy monster erotica, and uh, in it, a human woman uh, agrees to be the companion to Medusa, the classical Medusa. Um, also, um, just in her uh, public persona, I really like how Megan talks about her characters on social media. Uh, she's her character's biggest fan, and it's fun to read. Um, I also highly recommend the Duskwall Academy series by Marie McKay. It's a slow burn paranormal romance set in an academy. The first book is all set up and there's no, like, no steam yet, but I have on very good authority. Uh, things get pretty spicy later on, 
Uh, everyone seems to love the character of Axel, but I'm a Silas fangirl. How can we follow Lilith K. Duat on social media? I just got TikTok, and I'm pathetically addicted. Um, you can follow me there at Lilith K. Duat, all one word, no spaces. On Twitter, I am BWM Tweet, and you can read my blog where I review movies at LilithLikesToWatch.com, all one word. And uh, I have Instagram too, but that's boring. So uh, if you really want to find it, you can find it. It's not that hard. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, and I'm very glad you enjoyed Malice of Wasteland. It made my week, really, to hear how much it was enjoyed, so thank you very much. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> I'm glad you're still here. You're special. I'm guessing you'd like some more erotica. So let's give you a glimpse of what you can enjoy on our Patreon. Here is a sneak peek of Act 2 of The Infidelity Diaries, Spite, our age gap revenge thriller, and Shh, Extra Filth, our secret erotica podcast. I looked back in the rearview mirror and saw the city getting smaller behind me. I breathed a sigh of relief and turned my attention back to the road ahead of me my foot gently pushing down on the gas pedal. I had an appointment at the hair salon that was quite far away. I purposely made an appointment with this salon so that I could get out of town and hopefully clear my head. After a bit of driving, I found myself near the area where our weekend retreat would be. I took a walk through the area just to get a feel of the atmosphere, and around lunchtime, I walked into a local coffee shop to get some lunch. I was seated at a table with food in front of me when something caught my attention. The TV in the corner of the shop was showing the local news. They were running a story about a man who looked very familiar. It didn't take me long to remember where I had seen that face before. This was the same person the stalker had referenced in that snap concerning Leah. I started to get concerned. Who is this? Unpredictably, he ignored my clitoris, opting to take his tongue on tour around my genitals. He started by licking around my lips while teasing me, saying something like how my petals looked good enough to eat. Cheekily, he sucked a lip into his mouth threatening to chew it before continuing his tour. Next, he was licking the skin between the bottom of my opening and my anus. This totally caught me off guard, and embarrassingly, some of my moisture spilt on his tongue as he lapped away. Feeling a bit stressed, I pleaded for him to move on from this area, which is when Val took a skillful tongue to my clit. Teasing, swiping, and occasionally sucking, he took his oral sex seriously. His experience shone through in a matter I wouldn't think of appreciating until I had the opportunity to do the same thing with younger lovers. By the time he introduced a beckoning finger, I was all but shivering in an uncontrollable orgasm that would see me nearly crush his fingers. I lay recovering in what felt like an out-of-body experience. 
I was somehow convinced I could see myself curled up in a fetal position, looking weak, with a flushed red face. In reality, I most likely caught a look at myself in one of the room's many mirrors. A moment of rest would have been incredible had I not sacrificed my ability to choose. Val parted my legs and purposely slapped my clit with his erection a couple of times before checking in with me. Are you ready for this? He asked, a cum-drunk me, with my head in the clouds. Was I going to ever respond with anything else but yes? All of a sudden, he pulls back slightly, ready to reposition himself until he exclaims, Shit! Curious about what had stopped him, I asked what's wrong, to which he responded, Do you want me to use a condom? Hello, sexy people. Warning, this episode starts with a rant. So we gained some new Patreon family members and lost a few. It's normal. However, I wasn't expecting a critique on the way out about my sexual conduct. So apparently, my comments about swallowing sperm hit a nerve. The accusation is, I'm projecting an image that is sexier than I actually am. Well, if me saying swallowing sperm isn't the most pleasant task, means I've been stringing you a line, well, you do it, and we'll compare notes. I don't know what this person didn't understand. I swallow cum, but it's not like it tastes like Skittles, like porn girls behave. Everything I said was grounded within the truth. It's no different than a person who enjoys drinking, admitting an alcoholic fruit drink wouldn't taste as nice as a non-alcoholic fruit drink. Somehow, people have to understand, not everything comes down to taste. Anyways, guys, let's go talk to some people. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you'll join our inner circle of supporters to talk to us soon. If not, until next month. Stay safe, people. <laughs>